Robbie Layton grew up wanting to sing like Peter, Paul, and Mary and play guitar like John Fogarty. After stints in various bands in Texas, he finally settled in Colorado and continued his musical pursuits. Teresa Penbrook grew up in Colorado playing clarinet and piano while listening to Roberta Flack, but stage fright kept her from chasing her muse until the rhythmic rowing of river trips inspired her to sing Patty Griffin songs to the canyon walls. It was on the river that Robbie and Teresa formed a long-term musical partnership that has been the foundation of many ensembles, but as a writing and performing duo that go by the moniker Think Twice. A finalist in the 2020 South Florida Folks Festival Songwriting Contest, Think Twice has played a variety of venues and festivals from North Carolina to Colorado, and they've just released their first album called Corona Suite. Their alt-Americana blends the musical genres of many eras, but always reveals a love of solid vocal harmonies, thoughtful lyrics, and a good beat. She dropped the veil below her chin when he closed the curtain to stop the wind. She saw the dream that came from within the land of the flying camels. Welcome to the Raw Songwriting Podcast, where I challenge my guests to write a song in one week based on a random prompt, then sit down and talk about the process. Along the way, we talk about the broader craft of songwriting. I'm your host, David Coyle, and it's my pleasure to introduce Teresa Penbrook and Robbie Layton of Think Twice. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you for having us. So, so I know this uh, uh, that 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 you two write together, you perform together, but as as we mentioned, uh, there are several other ensembles of varying sizes, and so it, it makes me wonder when when you're writing together, are you ever thinking about this song is going to be perfect for this particular group. This is going to be, you know, this is going to be better for a seven-piece span. This is going to be better for a five-piece. This is a great duo song. Is that something you take into consideration, or are you just just writing on off the cuff? Usually, when I write a song, I'm thinking about the arrangement. <clears throat> so I usually am thinking about who will be playing on that song and what kind of instruments it'll have. So I write. For one thing, I'm an ensemble player. I, I love to play an ensemble. I'm not really a solo performer. And so when I do write stuff just on my own, I'm, I'm thinking about the arrangement and, and, and what kind of ensemble it might be played in. For me, it's a little bit different. I'm usually more of a story writer. And so I'm often thinking about the story. And, and I, I kind of come from this vocal basis. And so I'm often thinking about, oh, who's going to sing this? And sometimes I will be writing for somebody else to sing it. Or, or I'm thinking about, well, how is this going to play out? Or I'm thinking, I, I'm hearing the harmonies. So singing in harmony is always coming in there. I mean, I love it. You know, quite often it's just the two of us. Sometimes we add a third person. We often play with Patty Jackson and the Good Schemers. And she's just a t- very talented musician. So we know that she can flush out anything. We also have a five-piece band called Ghost Bridge where we can add in bass and violin and all their harmonies. And so as we're writing, often I'm thinking, oh, this would be a great uh, good schemers, or this will be a great ghost bridge song. But usually, it's it's coming from the story. And now, do you do you both kind of start off just in general songwriting from the same starting point? I mean, is it? I mean, if you're you're starting from a story basis, do you kind of glom onto the same story, or or is she while she's kind of thinking of a story, you're thinking of arrangements, or how how does that play out? I think there's a variety of ways these come about. Um, and I'm not sure there is one particular way that we utilize all the time, but 
a lot of times we'll, in my case, I tend to start with the music. I tend to start with a, a guitar riff or some sort of um, phrase, either either a, a melody or, or a, usually it's a combination. A lot of times I get my song ideas either when I'm playing my guitar and so something comes, I go, oh, that's kind of a nice riff. What, 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 what kind of song would that be? Or a lot of times when I'm hiking or walking, I like to walk. A lot of times when I'm walking, I'll just start humming something to myself and a lyrics come into my head and maybe I have a phrase or something and I'll pull out my cell phone and sing it to myself while I'm walking so that I have it for later on. And so that's kind of the seed or the germ of songs for me. Uh, Teresa comes at it from her own way. Yeah, for me, it, uh, you know, I didn't really start playing guitar till I was 40. So the music is not the first part for me. I mean, I, I love that part. Sometimes I'll, I'll try and start from playing, you know, I'll play a chord progression or something. But usually it's an idea. And that's why I love writing from prompts, kind of like this challenge, you know, uh, having an idea of something and then being able to, because I'm a writer, and I, I just love to be able to take that idea and turn it into something that's that's musical that has the emotion coming through with rhythm and so it depends you know over the years as we've learned different songwriting techniques sometimes if I'm stuck I will purposefully grab a drum and start playing a beat so that I can start to get into a rhythm uh, that's different or sometimes I get really just stuck in this kind of songwritery singer songwriter stuff and I want to try something different so I will start from music or I'll try and play something up the neck on the guitar something's challenging but almost always you know one of a we come at it with we'll have songs that are somewhat sometimes they're more finished or not we'll have different pieces but then we kind of bring them together like I I don't almost always I know that the song that I'm going to have maybe even if I think it's 90 percent done that I'm going to bring it and then Robbie's going to add in some other stuff and it's going to be better because of the fact that we we, we help each other, uh, and I think I think yeah, you do the same thing. I agree with that. Well, actually, there's a subtle difference. You tend to bring more complete songs, yeah. uh, whereas I have fragments. Usually, I always say I'm good for a verse and a chorus, and then I run out of things to say, and then I'll <laughs> send it over to Teresa and say, "Can you write some more verses or something?" And she jokes about, "Okay, lyrics on demand," and, <laughs> and that's pretty much the case. So, yeah, while she brings fairly complete things in terms of the lyrics and perhaps and usually the melody. Um, I might tweak it in terms of the the flavor, or the feel, or the arrangement, or some of those kinds of things. Uh, or say, well, how about a bridge or something here? Do you um do you, do you have like a bunch of musical ideas in your back pocket that you sometimes bring I, to something that I, I, I to do. I and mm-hmm. for me, I do them. <laughs> I do them on my uh, typically on my iPad, and I do exactly. Uh, I set it up and record myself playing so I can see my fingers and I can hear the lyrics and I don't have to write anything down, but I got a, all of these little chunks of videos on my iPad. So when we when it comes time to write something, uh, to collaborate with Teresa, for example, or, or at song school, I'll bring those out and I'll say, well, I got these little pieces here. Let's Here's one, let's finish it out. So for me, that's what it is. I have fragments and song ideas that I capture on my iPad on these little videos. And then I go back to those and review those. And, uh, and sometimes I look, listen to those videos before I go to bed and wake up in the morning with a, a song idea. So, yeah, it, for me, it's about the fragments. That, that must be uh, nice when it works that way. I like it that. It doesn't work all the time. <laughs> but there have, Now, of course, if it, you know, I may wake up in the morning with a song idea, and by the time I get up and brush my teeth, it's totally gone. So I keep sure. the iPad by the bed. And sometimes, and a guitar, sometimes I go, oh, I better, better 
video. I better, you know, do this one before I get up out of bed. See, this reminds me. I used to keep a dream journal. And one of the things they say about a dream journal is that you you just, the very first thing, you have to train yourself, the very first thing you do when you wake up is to roll over and write down what was ever your dream. Right. And, and I'm now imagining a musical dream journal <laughs> where you go to sleep listening yeah. to some of those fragments and then you wake up and you just have to, you have to record it immediately. Yeah. 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 yeah so. Well, and it's really for me, you know, I will have songs come to me in my head and I'll have, it's, I have written entire songs in my head or sometimes it, we, we talk about song school. We both go to Rocky Mountain song school every year and love it. But one time I was at song school and we'd it'd been a very creative week. And I, on the last day that night, I dreamt this whole song and I woke up at about, you know, five o'clock in the morning and I'm, I'm sitting in the restroom because there's light in there with my little notebook writing out this whole song. So I've got every, all these verses and the melody completely figured out, but I don't have any idea. I'm not with my guitar, so I have no idea what the chords are. So I got up in the morning and I take it to Robbie and I'm singing this song and it's like, it's so unique and it's so different. And he goes, oh yeah, that's just standard, you know, EAD. <laughs> I'm like, well, but it sounds so different. It's like, no, it's, it's EAND, <laughs> but it's just really, Really funny how uh, you know he will help come up with uh, often the chords and the music behind uh, some some musical idea that I've had that I've written. Well, I think it's time for us to take a case study here. So we have a couple songs that uh, that you brought to me. All right, we're going to listen to uh, the writing of the wrongs by Think Twice off of their new album Corona Suite. Johnny Grip is still marching, polished blood and breath rain. The uniform's tight, but it still feels right. Some people in this land. White with dragging on the ground Sticks on fire, eyes and eye Red dust swirling all around Why are we still fighting? Why is the ego so strong? We thought the war was over But there was no right and wrong Right. 
All right, that was Writing of the Wrongs by Think Twice off of their new album, Corona Sweet. And 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 that that I, I just feel like you you really capture the feel of kind of a kind of that that era of, uh, that older era of songwriting, and um and it's just a, a great way to wrap it around a a politically minded song. And so I'm, i and and it seems like a lot of your songs touch on uh kind of you know trying to bring people together, trying to overcome uh, political and social uh, uh, obstacles, I, and and. I find I find personally I I, I don't know I, I get a little bit I, I'm a little timid about writing political songs and and so I mean how when when you're doing that what what goes into your mind how do you you know how do you do it without you know worrying about pushing the wrong buttons? Well, Robbie, Robbie really came up with the the. The, the seminal idea for this song. So why don't you tell how that came about? Yeah, and it's interesting because I rarely you know, try to write political songs. Um, I, this one came to me, it was at song school a couple, few years ago. And one morning I got up and was looking at the news, just going over the daily news stuff. And it was the day's story was about the, uh, KKK rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. And for whatever reason, it really struck me. I think because I had lived in North Carolina right before that and was, uh, had been to Charlottesville, and knew people there, and, and it, it just really struck me. So I got into camp that morning, went to, that we were sharing camp uh, with Teresa and other people there, and I said, I told them the story about it, <clears throat> and it was maybe it was Teresa or somebody said, well, we should write, you, there's a song prompt for us, you know, there's something to write a song about. And um, so that's kind of how the idea to do that came about. And then I also had that little riff at the intro that I had picked up in a class with Arthur Leland the day before in his guitar lead class. And one of the, his suggestions to me was, you should hum what you're playing. And uh, and so I, I had been humming that. I actually was hummed that, and then I, it was uh, something I had hummed and then figured out the guitar part to match it. So that was in my head. And so we brought those two things together, this kind of idea for a song about the events of the day and that little sort of riff that I had going in my head. And that sort of kicked things off. And we uh, started talking among, uh, I think Patty was there and Teresa, and started talking about, well, how, what is it really about? And in terms of what is, you know, what do those events have to, where do they come from? What do they relate to in terms of, we started thinking about the historic implications of, of the Jim Crow era and the early, the KKK strengths of the 20, early 20th century, and a lot of things that, where people were still, you know, many years after the Civil War, were still sort of carrying on this this tradition and uh, flesh the words out from there. The interesting and, and interesting to me is the song started out to be about those things that were, in my mind, kind of horrible at the time. But through by the time it was done, and I think it, we should credit Teresa for this in the lyrics, it was about reconciliation. It was about exactly what you said earlier. Yeah. Yeah, the why are we still fighting? You know, there was no righting of the wrongs. And the whole idea was just 
for me, growing up in Colorado, I always kind of had this privileged mindset. I thought we were past all this. Hmm. And when I, it wasn't until uh, I moved, you know, moved to North Carolina and I realized how much social injustice there still was. And it started, it struck me because in Colorado, you know, our racial minorities are, are relatively small here, you know, and so, yeah. and, and growing up with, I didn't know about the white privilege that I had until I lived there and suddenly went, oh my gosh, you know, I grew up without a whole lot of money, but I really, I didn't, I thought we were past it. I thought we were past gender inequity. I thought we were past all of these things because that's the way I was raised. And when it hit me that we weren't, and this was just another example where um, these things were coming up and it's like, how, how do we right the wrongs? How, how do we uh, get past it? And so we, you know, we're not political songwriters, but there are certain things. It's more about that passion of trying to bring people together and, and helping. Um, and so, yeah, I remember sitting the, the lyrics, once we kind of, Robbie started humming and it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's, oh, it's really got this feel. And I could just envision, you know, the, the, the uniforms and the marching and all of these pieces that just kind of came together. It's like, okay, we got to go back in here and think about what this envisions and how do we get that into words? Yeah. That rhythm, the rhythm and the humming really just like totally just nail that feel. And, uh, and the words just really, yeah, they, they, they just get the point across. So, well, this is, this is a, yeah. This is a great song. Uh, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you for sharing it. Um, well, let's take a look into, uh, there was another song that uh, you all brought in. So let's take a look at that. All right. Uh, this next song is Flying Camels by Think Twice. And it is also off of their album, Corona Sweet.
That was Flying Camels by Think Twice off of their album Corona Suite. And uh, I've, I've heard this several times uh, live from you all, and it's always a crowd pleaser. It's just <laughs> such a super, super engaging song. Um, so so let's talk. What, uh, how, how did this one come about? <laughs> this, one, this one always makes me smile. And often when we're playing it live, I always explain to the audience, it's like, if you don't like the genre we just played, just wait a minute, because we'll play something completely different, you know? And um, this song actually, it, it's funny to me, but it came from a, P, a Peter Himmelman class. Uh, and mm. and it was, you know, as a songwriter, I, like I said before, I like to write from prompts. But this was a class where... He was he was talking about where prompts can come from, and he said, um, "If you, you know, if you don't have something in mind, take a couple of things that don't go together and put them together." And so then he had us pair up, and I was paired with this young woman, and we had to write prom- the weirdest prompts. I can't remember what my prompt for her was, but we had to put things that didn't match together and then give them to the other person. So her, so we're sitting there, and she hands me this prompt written on a sheet of paper that says "flying camels." And I'm like, flying camels, what in the world do I do with that? And so then we were given a little bit of time where we had to kind of walk away and, and think of how do you make something like that that's really not, doesn't really make sense. And um, so I started walking around again. I wrote this one actually more from from beat because I was like flying camels and um, thinking through, but I, I kind of got into this idea of, well, camels are in the desert and in the Arabian nights and that sort of thing. So I had this kind of, and so I had some lyrics and it certainly wasn't flushed out by any means. Um, and I came back with maybe three or uh, three or four lines and verses. I, you know, I kind of, I think I might've even had the start of the chorus in my head. And I walked back and uh, said to Robbie, okay, you got to help me figure out how to make this sound like Arabian nights or something, you know, because I want that, I want that kind of feel, but I had no idea how to, how to make it come out and use Musically, mm-hmm. and um, and so we sat down, and he started playing around, and I and think Patty Jackson again. She's often been part of some of the things we've done. Um, the idea of uh, it just it started to emerge, and it it over time it evolved into this completely the feeling that you get right there. And I always think of like I dream of genie, you know that, that oh, kind sure. of mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of pegs me of coming out of the bottle and <laughs> that sort of thing. So I, I I love the song, but it's always completely it's always kind of completely different in the show rotation, you know. Oh sure sure. <laughs> Well, and that that makes me wonder because uh, I've seen it live, and I've and and now I've heard the the produced version. 
and and now Robbie, you 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 pretty much were in charge of doing the production for the album, correct? Yes. So, um, what did you all when you were coming up with uh, the arrangements and, and just sort of fine tuning everything? Did did you end up doing much revising of the song to to be able to to bring in the production well, ideas on that song, <clears throat> that particular song? We worked on the the chords a little bit. That was one of the first things that in in mm-hmm. uh, at song school when Teresa had had some chord progressions. I said, well, why don't we make them a little more exotic? We'll throw in these sevenths mm-hmm. and stuff, and then it evolved into that kind of arabesque kind of thing. But the mandolin part didn't come till later. So after song school was over, I got back to North Carolina. Um, a couple weeks later, and um, I don't remember how I got, why I thought the mandolin would work, but I'm not really a mandolin player. I, I have mm-hmm. a cheap little mandolin I mess around with sometimes, and I pulled it out and just started, you know, plunking out this little riff while humming that song in my head. And once again, I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I better get out the iPad and just record this. So right before I went to bed, I stayed up late working on that. And before I went to bed, I thought, I'll never remember this in the morning. So I just recorded that little mandolin riff, videoed myself playing it on the uh, iPad so I'd remember it the next day. And then later, uh, we pulled it all together. I started doing, I basically recorded that song at my spare bedroom in Raleigh, um, by just adding up the parts and, and then uh, having Teresa come over and add her parts. And so that, yeah, I don't know where that I, mandolin idea came from, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. No, it adds it. a lot to it. And, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the, the same. I remember showing up after, you know, Robbie had kind of slept on it and added this weird little part. And I was like, that's it. You got mm-hmm. it. You know, so sometimes what, what we'll do, I think we talk through concepts of kind of what we're trying to get. And then you know the other person will be able to add to it, whether it's me adding lyrics to build the story around it, or it's Robbie adding that little silly. I mean, I, I feel it feels silly to me. That song makes me smile in a lot of ways. But it's just, um, you know, it's a, oh yeah, yeah, you're capturing that what we're trying to think get done. So um, we, you know, we ended up we we met here in Colorado, but we both separately through some strange. Uh, parts of the universe ended up um, getting recruited to North Carolina State University for PhDs. Oh. And, and so that's what Robbie got recruited a year before I did to, in, in the College of Landscape Architecture or College of Design Landscape Architecture. And then I ended up going for Parks Recreation and Tourism Management, but we were both on the same campus. And so the, the actually the name Think Twice came because we were uh, we were suddenly there as a duo. And it's like, well, what are we, we were spending all of our time left brain thinking, doing academic research. And it's like, okay, so it, we ended twice, up, get it. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we ended up taking a lot of the work that we had done here in Colorado and kind of reworking it as a because the arrangement didn't work well that we had for a band or something or even solo stuff into how do we make this work in a duo in North Carolina. So as we're talking about that, it's it was a real evolution, but I think it added added a lot and really forced us to sit down and get tighter about how can we perform these things just you know the two of us without having all of the other arrangement that we often like to have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I should say that, um, and you can edit this out if you want. I should have said on the um, other song, Writing of the Wrongs, that's actually Ghost Bridge. So whereas this song is just the two of us doing multi-track, the other one has the band on it. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On, on Writing of the Wrongs, that is the it, band. Well, yeah. We wrote bridge. it, but yeah. the, it was arranged on the album for the band. Yeah. So, do you, do you, uh, 
just during the recording process, I, I know some of the people I've talked to when they do uh, when they get around to doing an album, they end up, and this is because they maybe because they have an outside producer, but they'll they'll sometimes end up altering the songs a little bit because they think it's going to sound better as a record recorded. But did you all pretty much just take the um, kind of your live arrangements and just and just do them straightforward like that, or did you make any? compromises specifically for it varies from song to song that compilation of songs on corona suite is um done over a number of years some of the Mm. songs on there i'm not sure what the earliest one but it goes back quite a while and it's they're basically home recordings that we've done over the years so it's it's uh it's not like we went to a studio and hired sure musicians and all that we didn't have. It sounds we really great. We didn't hire like real musicians, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, um, it's more just so. It's more just us doing what we can do with what we've got. Well, and I think it, you know, there when we play live, things are a lot more spare because it's usually yeah. just the two of us or maybe a couple of other people. Whereas Robbie's been able to multi-track, uh, and he's become you know he he's very humble about it. You know, it's not like a home recording thing. He's actually really learned how to do this well. And so what he's done is been able to add in, oh, I hear this element. So we haven't had to bring, we haven't had to pay session musicians. We've been able to just, uh, you know, through various different ways, especially with Robbie's talents, been able to add in the, oh, let, let's add a fill in here. Um, but it is, you know, we do love to play the violin that you heard on with Writing of the Wrongs. You know, Reed Ober is wonderful, and he yeah. can really just come in and add stuff. Right. So that, so the variety of the songs on that CD are, in a way, sort of ex- experiments, if you will, or sketches or whatever that got polished up. Well, it sounds really great. It re- it's really sounding sounding great so I, th- I think if um you know one thing about the corona sweet cd that's kind of interesting the first five songs on there were actually written during you know part of the pandemic uh, and it was you know we we were living in separate places i was actually in north carolina and robbie was in colorado and we had to learn how to how to create music together in that environment and so that's why it's called the corona suite the yeah. first, and so robbie would he had some bits that he sent to me and then i would sit and record or write lyrics and send them back to him so we did everything of the first five songs on corona suite were written you know remotely and, and which recorded, was really interesting and recorded, and recorded separately, remotely yeah. and how did that i mean how did that did that did you feel like it changed the 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 the, the feel of the songs at well, all compared well, to your normal? It's it's yeah. not the way we would normally write because uh, a couple of the songs on there are ones that we had already been working on a little bit. Uh, yes. Actually, only one of them actually ride the crest. Yeah, it's the only written. one we had worked on prior to that. But in the early days of the coronavirus, uh, I was sitting here by myself. Uh, you know, I couldn't collaborate with other people. Like I said, I'm not a solo performer and I'm a collaborator. But there was no one couldn't collaborate with people sitting here in Corona, so I just thought, well, I'm gonna have to do all this my, more of this myself. So I just started um, putting things together, and and I the first song on there, "Listen," started out as a, as a guitar riff. I thought, wow, this little guitar riff kind of. I was just playing it and feeling kind of the angst of we're going into lockdown and all this kind of stuff. The first song, "Listen," and I thought it kind of captured some of that, and that inspired me to to do a, a suite around all that and try to work through the different kinds of emotions that people were feeling and that I was feeling. So it started with that one of angst and that song in particular, I just recorded all the tracks and then I sent it off to Teresa and I said, here, sing something over this, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that has the, the, the something about what you feel about the, you yeah. know, try to put the emotion of what's going on into that song. 
And and the only lyric I had in there was listen. I said, we're gonna keep yeah. we're gonna keep the word li- lyric you listen. Shouldn't be guitar like listen. <laughs> yeah, I just that was, that was like, my only what lyric. Am I listen, to do with that? listen. You know, yeah. So she had to work around that. Did you did you find that there was any any more? Uh, I mean, was it was was there any more tension when you were trying to write, or did it flow just as well as when you're in person? I or? think um, we often write separately and then come together and it oh, gels. Okay. And so I mean, and, and there's often you know we are we've been a long time music partnership, so we mm-hmm. bicker. You know, we get into oh, I don't like that that sort of thing. But usually it's all I think. <laughs> but it, but it comes back to the place that I, I I think we both are comfortable with the fact that we're making the song better. And we're making, you know, and even if sometimes we have little minor disagreements or something and then we'll go away and come back and go, okay, that's better. Um, it was really hard um, to to be away from each other and not be able to play in the same room for, I don't know how, how, how long it was. It was almost well, about a year. About a year. <laughs> yeah. And so that part was difficult, but we were able to make that better by sending things back and forth. And, you know, I, I ended up getting my setup and my microphones and figuring out how to do, I'm not really the technical person. Robbie does all that. So I had to figure out how to do it on my own in North Carolina because I was there for most of that. Um, and so we, but I, we figured it out and we're able to send tracks back and forth and, I'm really pleased with the the product that came out of it. Well, do you have any uh, recommendations for folks that are trying to collaborate long distance? (sighs) You know, it it takes a while to learn the software, but obviously you have getting even things like a a focus right, whatever whatever the thing's called. I'm not the technical person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the the interface. The interface, getting, you know, getting an interface that works in a good microphone and good headphones and all those things. I had, you know, we we had to invest in good uh, stuff that, for me, it had to be portable because I was traveling. Um, and so once I learned how that worked, though, it became actually fairly easy. And, and, you know, I just make sure that the room was set up well. It's, we had to do it separately. I mean, the hardest part were not being able to play concurrently, you know, mm-hmm. and we, they have not figured out how to do that yet to online. Yeah. yeah, sync it up. And so um, it, it is, it does have to be kind of done separately and then put back together, which is the hardest thing, I think. How about you, Robbie? Any, any tips for, for folks wanting to long distance collaborate like this? Watch lots of YouTube videos oh, yeah. and music production. <laughs> yeah. That's how, how I spent my corona vacation was watching a lot of YouTube videos on music production. All right. All right. I think we're, we're going to take a short break here. When we return, we're going to get to the crux of the matter, which is the, uh, the challenge song. And we'll talk about the prompts that uh, I sent out and which one they chose. And uh, well, then, then we'll hear the songs themselves. So we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Raw Songwriting Podcast. I am your host, David Coyle, and I am here with Robbie Layton and Teresa Pembroke, uh, who make up the duo Think Twice. And uh, as is custom, about a week ago, I sent them a list of prompts, a list of random prompts for them to choose from. Uh, and, and from that, they, they wrote a song. But let's, let's go over the prompts real quick and uh, find out what was picked. So the first prompt was a random picture. It was a black and white picture of a, uh, a young woman with, I believe, a couple butterflies, colored colored butterflies, in place of her eyes. Um, then there was a random word. The random word was levere, which means to beat against the wind in sailing, or tack. There was a random fact. The average person, t- uh, the average person takes twelve seconds to count to twenty-four. There was a random style. 
write a song in the style of the Eagles. And then there was uh, Timmy Reardon's Fearless Prompt, uh, which was Someplace I Can Lay My Head, which has a uh, painting uh, of, of someone's bedroom uh, as the picture that goes along with that. So, so what, uh, what prompts did you guys choose, or what prompt did you choose, and, and uh, were there any other that appealed to you, or what was the process in choosing the prompt? We actually started out, I think... After looking through them, maybe Teresa said, well, what about something like the Eagles? Didn't we kind of yeah, start we, there? Yeah, I said, well, I've always, I mean, I, we, we, I love the Eagles, and I know Robbie does too. And so it's like, well, and we often, some of our songs have that kind of Eagle-esque type of vibe to them. So that I thought, well, that'd be a relatively familiar place to come from. So she said, well, how do you but make then, a song that sounds like the Eagles? Yeah. And I said, well, think about who's in the band. You got, you got Glenn... Fry, who was basically a Detroit Michigander, I believe, and probably a lot of Motown influence. You had this Texas folky, Don Henley, and uh, you know, and then you had Bernie Ladin originally, who was a straight bluegrass guy. And she said, oh, well, hey, I've been kind of wanting to do a Motown song. <laughs> <laughs> Taking off on the Glenn Fry thing. And I said, well, so here's he, some chords that might yeah, be. As, as he does, Robbie yeah. starts noodling with chords. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a good sound. Yeah. That's a good sound. And I said, well, how about if we take the prompt, the Timmy Roden prompt, right, right. and, and uh, t- I'll use that to write the lyrics. Right. So we kind of combined the last two, but yeah. we really ended up with, uh, so, yeah. And we, we ended up with like, something that's nowhere near like Motown. Yeah, no, it's not, not like Motown <laughs> yeah, at all. <laughs> because by the time we finished, we added in my, my band yeah. guitar, and yeah. we did all sorts of funny things. Well, but it does have rhythm. It does have a strong rhythm to it. <laughs> yeah, so, that's yeah, true. <laughs> different so yeah. okay um well then okay well before we talk too much about that let's let's jump into it so this is a place to lay our head by think twice it is their challenge song uh this week uh from the prompt someplace i can lay my head Everybody's got to sleep at night Find a place to make it all right Lay our burdens down for a while To live to see another day Some are born with a golden spoon Some are born into chaos and ruin Some are born lost in the woods But we all need to find a bed matter if you're rich or poor, if you're happy or still wanting more, there is something we're all looking for, to find a place to lay our head. Some love water, some love stone, some love forests being out on their own, some love cities with the noise and lights, we're all different but we're all the same. Some sleep easy, some toss and turn. Some are not else, some watch sunrise burn. Some sleep ten hours, some just a few. You don't get a good sleep, there is nothing you can do. So 
soldiers in foxholes need to block it out. Night shift workers need to shift about. Atheists often turn devout. We all crave the sleep we need. Some are lovers, some are alone. Some want touch, other space of their own. Some are searching for that one true love. We all need safety when the night has come. Doesn't matter if you're rich or Place to Lay Our Head uh, by Think Twice. It is uh, their uh, challenge song this week based on the prompt uh, Place to, to Lay Your Head. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that, by the way, I just want to say I really like the, uh, especially like these lines the soldiers in foxholes need to block it out, night shift workers need to shift about, and atheists often turn devout. I thought that was a, a great, great <laughs> string of rhymes there. Um, but well, let's let's hear. It. Let's talk about this. How did how did you guys? So 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 I I think I got it to you on Saturday, and so you guys, or maybe it was Friday, Friday, Friday. and Friday. so you did you get together the day after that on Saturday or we Sunday? Got, we got so, together on Friday. Friday night, we got together <laughs> and uh, we kind of looked at the prom- we decided on the mm-hmm. prompts. We we played around with a, a little bit, and then um, we as often I'll do when Robbie has like some some lines or a guitar lick or something, I'll say, okay, tell me what that, what you're thinking about. Tell me what that feels like. Um, because, and then we talk through concepts. And so Robbie mm-hmm. would come up, you know, and so what I do is I just, I have a little notebook and still handwrite, and I will just like stream of consciousness, kind of handwrite the thoughts that are coming out. And I'll ask, and I ask questions, well, what about this? Well, what about this? And so he'll, he'll respond. And so we just, I had a whole page full of lines that were not rhyming and that didn't make sense at all and so and we were like and i was really tired it was a friday night i've been working all week and uh so i was like okay fine we'll, we'll and we knew that we were going to get together on saturday so i said let's just let it go and we'll, we'll see you tomorrow so we did um i woke up i kind of thought about it all night and i woke up the next morning and i went and listened to the music that he had that he had kind of recorded and i sat pretty quickly and wrote the, the lyrics out. It was kind of, um, it, it was just, at that point, I had it in my head. I had enough of these things that had kind of, you know, come together over overnight. And so the lyrics just kind of poured out of me for the most part. Uh, and then we got back together, was it later that day? Uh, later Saturday night? Because um, we knew we were trying to get it done quickly. Um, yeah, and we got together and actually worked it out. And the hardest part was working out the phrasing, because I always write too many words. Um, and so we had to go through and you know take out words that were that I couldn't say fast enough in the, in the sure lines. sure. <laughs> um, so but then Robbie worked out all the we worked out all the music and then we we were both playing it on guitar. We figured out some different guitar voicing and then 
I've been just for fun in the last couple of years. I, I got a six string banjo, banjo or a banjo guitar, so that uh-huh. little, the little twang you hear in there. I said, well, what if what if I play banjo guitar instead? So that's a, and it's just kind of it's a very different feel. And that uh, was the point where we left Motown. Yeah, that's right. Behind. We had the, had the banjo guitar, and I, I don't know. Yeah, they didn't have banjo guitars in Motown. So well, it reminds me a little bit of um, uh, not Motown so much, but. Uh, what, what what's that what's that song by is it Mung, Mungo Jerry oh, yeah. in the summertime in the summertime sure in the summertime yeah so it kind of that, that I think maybe part, partially because of the banjo right. and the way it's like it's very very bouncy junk <laughs> yeah so I mean it's got a, it's such a great groove um, so when did you feel like I, I think you, you got this to me well before I even started writing my song so <laughs> so when did you feel like you had gotten you know, the a solid first draft done or or draft or well, whatever. Well, it was that, I guess it was, was Saturday. It? So Friday we had it talked. It was that early. Friday okay. we talked about the concepts, and we did. We started out by saying, well, if we're going to write a song about a place to lay my head, what does that mean? Could, is it biographical or mm-hmm. is it more generalizable or what is it? So those were the things we did initially and then come up with a tune and a melody, a chord changes and melody. But it was the next time we got together when you had the words kind of charted out, I mean, not charted, but, you know, worked out mm-hmm. and we just played it a bunch of times. And, and, uh, but that was before the, I think before the band guitar part. Yeah, we played it on guitar. Played on guitar. First. And, and so, but when we finished that, we made another little iPad video of us playing it and sort of, to me, that's when it was, okay, this is, this is the song. We just need to polish it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then, so then we came back one more time together it to record it okay yeah Yeah, i got the so we yeah we finally got and and it took a while i have to learn the words so that i can phrase them this the the phrasing on this song is the it it it, it's a it was a little tough to get all those words in the right places and so that took i had to basically memorize it so i could actually sing it the way i wanted to sing it and Mm -hmm. fit it within the lines um to the as the beat had evolved yeah well I'm, i'm curious um not not just about this song, but just uh, just in general, when you write a song, uh, do you find that when after performing it for a while, that either, I mean, that you change the words <laughs> because it might be easier to sing in a certain way, or do you find you know uh, do you adjust the phrasing a lot more than you would yeah. expect to? Um, sometimes I I tend to have too many syllables in my lines. You know, like it makes sense when I'm saying it in my head um, poetically and it, it, rhythmically it sounds right. But then when we go to play it, and also I like to once I'll usually end up taking out the ancillary words like two or, uh, you know, or, or the, oh, sure. the the line of if you don't get a good night sleep and it's like. You know, you don't. And I had I had something in front of that. I don't remember what it was. And it was like, okay, that's too many words. Both, and so I have a version. Uh, well, I have a version where I've crossed out the lines that I don't need to, uh-huh. or the words that I don't need to say that are just extra stuff uh, that don't make sense when I'm trying to expand the the word, uh, yeah. the, the lyrics and in, in the vocals. Yeah. For me, it's fair game to change any song at any time. <laughs> yeah. It drives my bandmates nuts because we'll be in rehearsal and I'll take off in some other direction on some song. And they go, that's not how we played that. And I'll say, well, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, let's play. You know, I mean, for me, nothing is sacred, I guess. Uh-huh. A, song, a song can be changed. The arrangement can be changed. Words can be changed. Uh, whatever mm-hmm. at any time as far as I'm concerned. It's more about 
what I, how do you, we feel like doing it at that point yeah. in time? Which is very creative, but it makes it hard for the rest of us to figure out where <laughs> he's going sometimes. <laughs> well, and so I have the, we have this joke I always, I'll say, as it is written, which means that I've written it down, that's the way we're doing it. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's I think that's one place where we're really different. Yeah. And, and probably is a good thing. It's a matter of balance, probably, that, yeah, I'm always, I'm never done with anything. It's always changeable. and at any time and she's like no this is it this is how we did it this is how so we, we have to learn this so we can get it <laughs> polished and tight yeah. well it's interesting to hear that tension because i know there there are i i know people that like they're you know they they just never it's never a finished piece even yeah i mean maybe maybe if they recorded for an album but even then you know they'll keep but yeah i i know i know i tend to be kind of just uh, i want to get it done as quickly as possible and then if there's stuff that other stuff that I want to try doing, I'll do it on the next song. <laughs> but uh, well, and I'm I'm really fast, so I will I will mm-hmm. get it done really quickly. But then I do I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure that this song is done yet. There's uh, there's some things, um, you know we've we've only really played it you know two or three days, and oh, we yeah. we worked a lot on it um you know, just to get it to where we have it. I, I'm pretty satisfied with what we have right now, but I'm just saying that especially with the arrangements, there's this is one of those songs that I actually think if if we play with a, a larger ensemble, we'll be able to add some really cool stuff to it. And and so I you know I or or and it may need to change a little bit. Or one thing I haven't even talked with Robbie about is often what we'll do in a song, even though I've written this for me to sing is we'll come back later and we'll switch trade verses. And mm-hmm. I think that this is one of those songs, which I, I didn't want to get into because I knew it was, you know, you'd have to memorize it or something like that, sure. which we didn't have time for. But there's there's some verses in here that I think it would be, we, if we trade back and forth and switch the harmonies, that it could add some vocal interest. Well, so uh, this this gets into the question that I, I, I try to ask of all, all the guests. Um, but, and, and you, you've kind of answered it already, but, uh, you know, do you consider this to be a finished song? And if not, how would you go about revising it? And I imagine as a duo, that strikes me as a more perilous thing, or, or maybe perilous is not the word, but I mean a more complicated thing uh, than if you're trying to revise something solo. So I mean, what, how, how, how do you go about revising not just, or how, not, not just how would you do it with this song, but how would you, you know, generally go about revising a song that you've both put together yourselves? I think it's, you know, I think we're at a point where we've played together long enough that if somebody, one of us feels strongly about something, you know, we'll say, hey, let's try this. And it doesn't necessarily, it may or may not be a good idea. So I think we feel safe enough with each other where we can say that. And a lot of times if, you know, either one of us has, well, let's really try this. I think this could be cool. It may be a better idea. So I think there's still an openness and that we haven't, and part of it is, you know, you play it enough times. And you start to feel there may be things still that need to be changed. I'm not 100% sure on this one yet. And um, normally, I, I, we'll get to a point. Sometimes I, I think things are finished more quickly than Robbie does. But it's also, there will be times that he's written something and I'll go, oh, you really need to add a, a backing or a round vocal on there or, or a, something. Or he'll say that to me, you know. And so it's just, don't you think, I mean. Well, this song's interesting in that I, I think. As us playing it as a duo, it's fairly. I'm happy Pretty with close. it. It's fairly complete. It's yeah. more a matter of, you know, being Getting able to it perform tight. it better and tighter, um, and more just with a little right. more fluidity and comfort on it, and just basically rehearsing it. And and as you rehearse the song, it will evolve into certain things might change a little bit. But for yeah, interestingly, this one I wouldn't mess with too much. But in answer to your question, how do you go about changing it? For me, I start. Um, 
I like the recording process because that's where I start adding things or saying, yeah, that worked or that didn't. I can try it out and layer things up. And sometimes doing that, you, you begin to hear a whole new ideas emerging when you put two things together. It's kind of like cooking. You know, you add a little ingredient here and there. And you go, oh, wow, that's pretty good, but now it needs this. And so uh, for me, that's how I would go about a song is, is start uh, – just start adding ingredients and see if they work and if they don't. And sometimes they take you in a completely different direction. Hmm. Well, so I, I'm curious, uh, have you two ever had like an intractable, uh, intractable disagreement on a song? <laughs> yes. Is we that... have some songs that I like. That, that I, I know we each have songs that we've either we've written the complete song or we've written a lot of that song and want the other to help finish it. And the other person is just not into it. Mm. And, and so uh, we're kind of like, okay, well, this one's not going anywhere. But I have songs I'd still love to finish for the next CD, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, we do have slightly, even though we played together for so long, we have slightly different tastes. And we are, you know, a, a generation apart. And so sometimes I'm hearing something and I'll say stuff like, oh, no, that needs to be, uh, I don't know, you know, it'll, and, you know, we don't do it as much anymore. I think we played together enough. You know, even a while back, we would, we would have that kind of, no, that's my song. It needs to be done this way kind of, mm -hmm. you know, issue. And I think we're at a point where we agree that it's, we know that we're better if we both are part of the mix. Um, and yet, yeah, there was sometimes if somebody like if, you know, there's songs that where he's sometimes we'll bring a song to each other and we just go, this is it. I wrote it and I know it's done. If you'd like to play on it, great. If you don't want to, fine, I'm going to play it this way. Um, and it's not usually that adamant. But, you know, Robbie wrote a song in his sleep, literally. And he brought it to, 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 to us. And he said, and at that point, it was kind of like, no, this is the song. This is the <laughs> song I've heard. And we're like okay you know <laughs> well that that's that, yeah. that song had a, i had a vision of what i wanted to try to to do with that and it wasn't something i really knew how to do or it was it was another one of those experiments can i can i do with this what i want to do with it but on but on the other hand there are some songs in Teresa's case that she will bring to me and i'm like that song's great you should just sing it you know i have nothing to bring to that mm. you know i i don't know what i can i don't i don't I can't think of anything I would add to it to make it different or better than it's almost detracts from it. When I start trying to do something, you should just sing that song, mm. you know? Well, this is, this is a really cool song and, and I, I, I really enjoyed what you came up with and, um, and, and thanks for, thanks for humoring me on my, my, uh, my writing challenge there. Yeah, so. I love, we love it. And we can't wait to hear yours. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what we got coming up next year. We got, uh, my contribution here. All right. So, this is, after all, Only Love by yours truly, David Coyle. This is my contribution to the prompt uh, this week. Here we go. Fall into my arms Let me pull you near You were so far away so long Your travel's at an end Now you've come back home To start again and After all There is love 
face at the door I'll call for dinner soon in about an hour So lay your body down Cast your walls aside You can just relax And close your eyes up to your name echoed down the hall now you descend the stairs to join them all and after all there is love 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 after all only love That was, uh, after all, Only Love by yours truly, David Coyle. It is my contribution to the challenge this week, uh, which was based on the prompt, uh, Someplace You Can Lay Your Head. And uh, before I go into how I wrote it, uh, did anything stand out to you guys? Or? Well, I like how, you know, this it's poetic, and that's something. I'm not, I'm not... I'm not really a great, I'm not much of a lyricist, let's just say. That's why it's great to have somebody like Teresa to collaborate with. So one of the things I really like from it is the the poetic the poeticness oh, cool. of this song. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I mean for me it's it's beautiful. The lyrics are beautiful and I really like I I, I keep my question for you is how did you take that prompt and and what you know what were the concepts going into the because I I I mean, they're subtle. It's very subtle around the laying your head. I mean, it's implied, but it's never said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, um, yeah, originally I was going to, I had a whole thing about laying a head on a shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, it came down to me not wanting to rhyme shoulder with anything. <laughs> I, it was like shoulder, colder, bolder. I didn't like any of the rhymes. And even the part, you know, the half rhymes just weren't working. And I was like, you know what? The rules are pretty pretty loose here. We don't have to actually use the word. So um, yeah, so so I mean, but the the you know falling into the arms, mm-hmm. um, lay your body down. Yeah, lay your body. Those yeah. were yeah, those were all kind of. I mean, I think the originally was like uh, you know lay your body down, close your weary eyes, you know tuck your chin in you know against my shoulder. I think that was how I was originally going to do it, uh. and then. 
Yeah, yeah. I was I was just having trouble with the shoulder uh, the shoulder rhyme, but um, yeah, yeah. So that so it pretty much just took the sentiment uh, of it. I this was a okay. I think well, I was talking to Robbie yesterday and, and uh, mentioning that I hadn't started my song, <laughs> and he and he and he made the point. I was like, well, listening to the last couple episodes, uh, that's kind of par for the course, isn't it? It's like, yeah, you know, it has. I've become I've become really lazy, and I'm pretty much doing it the night before I do the recording, at least for the last several uh, episodes. And um, you can do that. You're so prolific that you know you can. That's the <laughs> well. I think that is a double edged sword. You know, it's like. Uh, because I might get cocky or something, but um, but yeah. So I, I was up. I, I got this. I think I sent it to you guys around three thirty last night. I saw that. And it was timestamp. Yeah, it was tough this morning uh, getting up for work. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I this was one of those songs where I was hating it, hating it, hating it, um, and then you know finally I get towards the end and I kind of felt like, well, there may be something there. There may be something there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of songs are like that, you know, when you're, you know, if, especially if you're working with a time limit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, uh, you know, and a prompt even. It's like, I'm just working on this prompt and I'm just throwing words around and I don't really feel like they're connecting. And it didn't really hit me until I was, I was pretty much done with it that it occurred to me, oh, okay, well, this is about like a, a, a kid coming home you know, maybe from college or maybe after, you know, maybe it's sort of a prodigal son kind of story. Hmm. And, and, and I need to go back, but I, I was done with it at that point, <laughs> you know, so I didn't, so that, that didn't occur to me until like right when I was just getting ready to record. And, you know, I maybe did a couple tweaks here with it. Uh, See, I, I really feel like the lover returning home, like if you've broken up and then the lover is coming, I mean, it, to me, it's that you, you, you've been apart and, and he or she is just returning, returning home, and it's kind of. But they're exhausted. They've been traveling, mm -hmm. and it's like this. You know, come here. You're welcome. We don't even have to say anything. Just come. You know, lie down with me. Yeah, it's really beautiful that way. Well, that's okay. Well, that's that's good to hear. I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, I. I it could go that way. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It's <laughs> you like can it's, that if you want. <laughs> it's it's not. This one's definitely. Um, uh, you know what I asked you earlier about it. This is a finished song, and and this one to me is definitely not a finished song. I I like the musical ideas. I like the chord changes in it, which are a little bit sounds very um, finished to me. A little unusual, and um, but I I kind of feel like I don't have a coherent, a terribly coherent uh, uh, story going on, and, but it's nice to it's nice to hear that it doesn't come off that way. So. So maybe if I tweak it, it's more just to satisfy my own feelings. Than yeah, it seems it feels very dreamy at this point, which is actually mm -hmm. kind of nice. It's kind of like you know when you're in that exhausted state and you're just kind of floating along into something. That that's that's the feeling I get from that right now. Well, I like uh, I like songs that are I don't that are not so literal. And and I, sure. now that I heard this conversation between you two, I'm even I like it even more because yeah yeah on first listen you kind of take it as a love song to a partner or somebody like Teresa said, who may have gone away and come back. But after you talking about your ideas for it and reading the words, it's like, Oh yeah, it's totally about what you just said. Someone's maybe it's their child come home or something. And now I like the idea that it has these, that universal it has these multiple meanings yeah. that, or, or that little surprise of you listen to it closer and it's like, Oh no, it's, a, it's got a whole different meaning. Well, that's it. Well, well, let's talk about ambiguity and lyrics there. So, um, 
so do you generally think it's a good thing or do you, I mean, there's a, a, you know, there's a school of thought that you want to get really hyper specific about what you're writing about. Um, but then there's, you know, yeah. uh, there's a school of thought that's more, you know, you're doing more poetry and it's a little bit more out there. Where, where do you guys fall we're, on that spectrum? Or how I do think you... we're in two different ends of it well, in some ways. I really like the ambiguity. When I, I, to me, even songs that I like, first off, I don't really care what they're about usually. And then when I do start <laughs> to listen to them, um, I like I like the fact, I like songs that you can kind of make your own meaning to that things mm -hmm. that, that there's a certain certain universalness there it's, all, it's about the emotion that that song creates and then you can take those phrases that are in it and apply that to your life in some way um or it, it has meaning to you on a very personal level when it's not so literal mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that in a song yeah i can go both ways i i I do think because I am more lyrically based, I want to. I want the story. I want the story to make sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas Robbie's often coming from the emotion that the music creates, and mm -hmm. so he doesn't necessarily care. I mean, he'll say that. I don't. Yeah. I don't care about the words. Just, I just, well, other than the like, words should fit the emotion. The, yeah, you know, <laughs> the words should just somehow fit that yeah. particular kind of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. So but, it doesn't but mean like, what, not so much what they're saying, but how they feel as words. Yeah. And so for me, I mean, Flying Camels is that's mm -hmm. the second song that we played. It's one of those songs for me. I'm never quite sure. It's like, well, it doesn't really mean anything, but but I like it. But it, it, that's what maybe that's why I say it's kind of a silly song. It doesn't really have. It is very nebulous, you know, and it's out there. Um, and there's when people ask me what it's completely about, it's like, well, it's about flying camels. What does that mean to you? You know, I, yeah. there's not really a storyline. Most of the songs that that I write have some sort of more of a storyline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the same time, I'm really awestruck by good storytellers. You know, I mean, uh, happened to listen to several Marty Robbins songs lately. Um, they were on like a CD, a compilation that I was listening to while while painting my house. And I thought, wow, this guy can really tell a story. Um, and I'm impressed by that. So I, I, I respect that, and I really am impressed when I hear it. But I'm not really looking for that in a song. Interesting. All right. Well, that's, yeah, because I, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like there's room for all, all mm -hmm. the different types. Yeah, you know? I think so, too. And uh, now, now, looking at this one here, well, what are the, how would I approach this from a revision standpoint? Um, I think I'm I'm a little bit I I I I don't know that the the chorus makes sense to me. The after all there is love love love. I mean it kind of does. It's the feel of the words and but I'm not sure what the after all means uh and and you know it, it's like I'm rhyming you know it's like trying to rhyme love is always like a how do you rhyme love? It's all been done so many times. So I always say if you're going to rhyme love you got to do it either with uh you know like of is what you above, want to rhyme it above. with. Mm. Well, but above is like, it's, you know, glove, above, yeah, push yeah. and shove. I mean, it's like, they're, they're all bad rhymes, but of, at least you can kind of link it to something else. You know, it's like, I'm in love and I've been thinking of you, you know, and it's kind of, you're sort of, sort of cut the, but I don't know. But this is, but it's like, I, I actually just rhymed love in this and, uh, you know, which is with itself and maybe yeah. that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, I like it. That the same thing where I where I feel uh, like that there's been almost like a fight with somebody out there and they've come home and they're just exhausted and they, it's just like we can't fight anymore and so the whole idea that after all there's love huh. we don't have to you know, it doesn't matter we've been, all this other stuff that happened there's there's love whether it's a a couple or a parent son whatever yeah uh, it's just that you know you're forgiven come in take us 
take a nap, take a sleep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. So it did, see, this is this is great talking to people about the song. It makes it sound like <laughs> yeah, it works. Can... It comes together more than I think it did. Um, I think the 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 final verse that I have there it has I think kind of some. It's got some real kind of imagery or sensory perception going on. And that was the last thing I wrote. And that was when it clicked in me what was going on because I could actually visualize the scene all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to go back and kind of put in more kind of sensory things. I mean, I got the suitcase at the door and everything and and the idea of they're, they're going to call you down for dinner soon or whoever's going to call you down. Uh, those first two verses, I feel like, are... I mean, they kind of... On that last verse... Is it to join them all or to join us all? Oh, you know, this is a problem. That's that's another problem here with it is that the the first, uh, I guess, several verses there are are basically spoken by the host. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're my my first. Verse. Yeah, and and then and then the very last one. You're right. It's like who's who's saying those words? And, and I mm -hmm. and I think I wrote them as the person saying it to themselves. Mm -hmm. But it is it it, it does take it away for it's not consistent so that is definitely something i've got to look at now there's you know different multiple ways to do that i could have it you know each verse could be from a different perspective like a perspective of a different person mm -hmm. um or i could make them all consistent in some fact or i could make it a third person omniscient character or something right, so right. uh but i, I kind of feel like that needs to to work the rhyme scheme's really loose you know is that important i kind of you know it's like you you interview some people that have really strict rhyme schemes and it's and then other people that are really loose and it's like sometimes I feel like I'm being lazy if I don't work out that rhyme scheme. But um I think because originally I was gonna actually have like no rhymes. Mm -hmm. It was gonna be you know, and then then the love, love, love thing probably made more sense. Um but I but I like the I like the feel like the dreamy you you brought mm. up the dreaminess of it I, mm. I like the dreaminess of it I do too and yeah. I like the basic feel of it and and I knew that the chorus had to be love 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 that was just what popped into my head and I didn't know exactly how it was going to work out but I I wanted it to be that and I wanted it to be like that feeling of love um and that you know and the uh, the idea that it's after some exhausting experience yeah. you come back yeah. and you just feel that love and and I kind of feel like it captures that feel, and I it's just kind of working out some of the fine details. I, I think it's, it's closer than you think. No, oh, <laughs> it's good to hear. Yeah. That's good to hear. So anyway, that's my my contribution to the the prompt this week. So um, I guess we come to that portion of the show where you guys get to promote whatever you want to promote. And I know that Corona Sweet album that's top of the list, but let's let's tell everybody where they can get it. Uh, the official release, well. It, it'll be out by the time we, we air this. It will so. be out, yes. Um, that It will be available for downloading on most of the um, platforms out there, Spotify or um, Apple Music, all of that, because it will be made available online. You'll be able to download it. Um, as far as the actual CDs, come to our show. <laughs> uh, I think you can order it from CD Baby as well. Yeah, I know you can. Uh, so that's another source. Um or or just download it. So it's a, it's out there. It'll be out there on 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 the out there in the world. And if you uh, actually the easiest way to find those links is our here now page. If you go to here, it's all one word. Here now, uh, think twice. Corona. I think it's think twice music. Corona. Let me see. You said that. Kind of Google. 
We also have a, a Facebook page, mm-hmm. Think Twice Sounds. Um, we've got, uh, so you can follow it. And so we're playing a lot of shows, oh, playing some shows in North Carolina right now. We go back and forth still. By the way, I found that link. Uh, it's thinktwicemusic.herenow.com slash Corona Suite. Great. Or Corona Dash Suite. Sorry. Thank you. You're, so. better, you're better at this than we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, once again, Big thanks to, to Thank Robbie you. Layton and Teresa Pinbrook. It's just been a pleasure talking to you here. It's been fun. And uh, uh, for all of you out there listening, uh, be sure to like and review the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at David L. Coyle or on Facebook at Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza. If you have any questions for me or about any of my guests, you can email me at rawsongwriting at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, please consider contributing to the program via Venmo at Dave Coyle or paypal.me slash Dave Coyle. In the meantime, keep your songwriting raw and riveting. Fall into my arms Let me pull you near You were so far away But now you're